Where are you going? I'm going to pick a fight. Podcasting from the Pacific Northwest, the caffeine and Sasquatch capital of the world, and home to the world's biggest Highland Games fans. This is Fork Talk. Will you fight? A podcast about all things Highland Games heavy events, competitive throwing, and the greatest sporting event ever put on God's green earth, Sheaf. And now, here are your hosts, Big Daddy and Haas. But they'll never take our freedom! <laughs> back in the saddle again back in the fourth talk podcast battle of hell oh back in the hizzy big daddy is that you that's me j-dog is in the hizzy house holy cow it is fork talk episode 38 Almost exactly three years to the day the last episode was out there. No shit. That was May 22nd, 2017. What the hell? Where does the time go? Where does the time go, my brother? That is true. I uh, And of course, we've got the great Back in the Saddle Again music to kick us off. Perfect choice. Perfect choice. Perfect choice. Because we pretty much don't make mistakes because we're kind of a big deal well you know we made a mistake once but we were wrong <laughs> that's right yeah that's right oh my goodness yes. um i listen i'm excited about this big daddy uh we are doing this on a different platform it'll sound a little different than we usually are because we're not in together we're doing it over the internet but uh which is hard because nothing means fork talk to me like looking across in your beautiful eyes while we rap about whatever they can be quite distracting as you know but uh <laughs> you know at least you're scared from my bodily function noises and stuff. <laughs> well that's true or the rolling of our eyes at each other um all right let me take that down i've had enough of back in the saddle yeah. All right, let's get that, on it. That saddle horn hurts after a while. <laughs> it does. You get sores. You gotta lube that uh, fucker up. Right. Give yeah. it a little. Give it a little leather love. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, welcome to Fork Talk. Back in the saddle again, episode thirty-eight. Um, you may have asked for it. You may not have. Doesn't really matter because we're back as a public service to the world pretty much absolutely and uh i'd say from uh, brett and myself or hoss as we like to call them uh you're welcome <laughs> you're welcome uh i'm excited to get into this and i uh, can't wait for the uh the fork talk nation to, to see that this went out there and uh, everybody to get on online um let's introduce our staff we've yeah, got our staff good. members members the um what big daddy we kept it a secret. 
<laughs> right, we did. We did keep so we did we keep it a secret, so it'll it'll surprise everybody. We didn't tease anybody, none of that stuff. So uh, we forgot something though. What was that? We forgot to introduce ourselves. People people may be just tuning in and don't know who the hell we are. Well that's possible. You know. So I am Haas. Haas. Yes. A co host. Yes, and, and you I are the big daddy, Jay O'Neill. All right, now we've got that underway. I'll introduce our staff, which yeah, is. Hold on a second, Brett. You know, that's the yeah. problem with this whole internet thing. I mean, when we're together, I can see you and you can see me, and we know when each other is going to talk. Right. And that's the trouble here. I don't know when your stupid mouth is moving. <laughs> you know, you, usually I can, I can see your stupid lips flapping, and I know you're about ready to say something. <laughs> so. Well, you'll have, us, to use your, you'll have to use your other senses, brother. I let me so. introduce. Let me introduce our staff. Is that all right with you? Yes, please. Okay, we've got our former producer, now official heckler, Candy Esprinkles. We've got in, intern. We got interns. Intern Slim Jim, who is just about to. That's right, and he, and he's just about to uh, graduate from college, if you can believe that. Yeah. Yes, from the great, from the, one of the greatest institutions in the entire United States, otherwise known as the Oxford of the Midwest. <laughs> right, right, the University of North Dakota, That's Fighting right. Sioux. Fighting um, Sioux, we've got, a, fighting we've got our pigeons, whatever they call them. Yeah, the fighting ill-tempered quail. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We've got our official graphic artist, Jim Walker. Security up in the north, still patrolling the border, and neither will they let us in or them out. Yeah. Rhino. <laughs> we got our chief scientific officer, Dr. Kenneth Noisewater Beck. I assume he's alive. I, I hope he is. I haven't heard from him. I don't think he's alive. I think if he was alive, we'd have heard some some rambling from him somewhere. Right. Yeah, I haven't, he probably, I haven't gotten in. He probably died straddling a 22-year-old at that Burning Man. <laughs> I think that may be the case because it's been a few years since I got some random weird uh, note from him that, you know, we weren't considering uh, a particular uh, scientific physics principle in describing a particular talk conversation. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, we've, we've got our official cartoonist, Matt Thompson from Vargas Highlander, the roving reporter, of course, the international man of mystery. Miles Wetzel, the mule. We've got our official historian, Roger Saunders, still in play. We've got the official remote oh, correspondent in Chad Olam. And, of course, we have our number one fan, Audrey Rose Walker. Website, www.fork-talk.com. It's been updated for you, kids. Facebook, Fork Talk with Big Daddy and Haas. Yeah, a bunch of great new pictures on there. You did a beautiful job on that, Haas. Time for a sponsor shout. I got some new sponsor oh. 
stuff for you. Bobo the Monkey Boy, three years on, might have learned a few things. Are you ready for this, Big Daddy? Good old Bobo. Let's hear it. All right. Do you live in Washington or Alaska? Yes. Or got an address that more than the police know the location of? Then you are a prime customer for the best damn mattress purveyor in the Western Hemisphere. Dare I say, the world. Take it from Big Daddy, who's as hard on mattresses as the storm that took down the Edmund Fitzgerald. Mattressranch.com. They got your bed law, dog. They got your bed law, dog. Ain't no box springs go around here, law, dog. I'm telling you, that's some of the best copy I've ever written. I'm just telling you right now. Well, you know what? I, I, I enjoyed reading it. As a matter of fact, I was giggling to myself <laughs> while I was reading it. Does, does, do you think Mattress Ranch is going to sponsor us? Yeah, I think, I think Max would still talk to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. yeah. I mean, I've destroyed a lot You've of got a great. You have. We got a great show for you, pop culture and historical figure, but we're going to ease into it, right? We don't want to pull a hammy. We're not spring chickens anymore. This is our first time in a while, so we're we're exercising the old muscle that was fork talk. Yes, indeedy. And as you people know, when we do that, we have to do our shout outs, and we're not just talking about getting rid of stains, ladies and gentlemen. We stand on the shoulders of giants, huge, strong figures of men. That's who we stand on their shoulders. And we always, we have to say that we're going to give our first shout out to the Fork Talk faithful, right? Right. They have been with us and and wanted us to stay with them. Uh, The notes over time have said they want us to get back on or, you know, thank God we're still offline. But uh, <laughs> either uh, if they're loving us, that's good. If they're hating us, they're still listening. It's like uh, Howard Stern. Right. Big Daddy, I I actually looked online, and since we went off the air um, in May of 2017, we have actually had like three, 4,000 listens since then. So people yeah. still kept listening to older episodes, finding us and here and there and stuff like that. So to all of you, we say, we're back. We're back. Well, you know, the thing is, it's funny you see you mentioned that is, you know, even just a few months ago, I'm at Walmart, Okay. Because you know you can still go to Walmart, and uh, you were a you were a greeter, Big Daddy, or what? Or what? Well, not that time. I was I was a greeter the next day, but the day before, I was actually in line buying some condoms. And, oh, okay. Um, yeah. I'm standing there, and this lady looks at me, and she gives me a second look, and then I said something to another person, and she goes, "I know that voice." She goes, "You're Big Daddy." from fork talk aren't you and i said oh yeah i am she says man we've missed you that abraham lincoln bit man that still kills me <laughs> that was they, just they, a just, they just can't get enough of that abraham lincoln bit that's all there is to it <laughs> they, just can't, you know? they can't get enough of it, so. love it love it well oh, good we shout out we forgot a sponsor and who's that uh, American blacksmith, American badass blacksmithing. Hello. Ah, yes. Well, toot your own horn. You love to. If only well, you could reach. If only you could reach your own horn, you would blow it all the time. 
if I could if I could reach my own horn, I'd never leave the house. Anyway, uh, American badass blacksmithing, a purveyor of quality cutlery, uh, hunting <laughs> knives, skinning knives, and uh, murder knives, if that's your uh, preference. I also do some ornamental stuff, but nobody wants that shit. So <laughs> if you need a good knife, you want one for a gift for Father's Day, birthday, Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever you want, you just go ahead and uh, send me a PM. I'd be happy to make that knife for you. Very there. good. Very good. Very good. Right off all right, let's jump into it. No time like the present. We've warmed up. It's time to get in a few turns, right? Yep. And we are going to stop with a papa culture. Okay, pop culture. Well, first of all, uh, dare it be said, first of all, the gyms are closed, which I know is a personal problem for you. Oh, you got that right. Uh, I mean, you know, you were Mr. Uh, all, you know, all gym member of the month, right? You were getting awards galore because you were such a good boy at being in the gym, getting your workouts in. Hey, two months in a row. So we're so we're dealing with closings, which sucks yeah. for the uh, the Fork Talk Nation because they need to get in their uh, their lifting to keep their um, numbers in place. We've got off-season yeah. extended with all this closed down unfortunately yeah. all the various games are been been pushed off till later or maybe even just canceled for the year now right. those two things suck of course big daddy but it, yeah, there do. is one thing that comes out of it there's no ex there's no excuses for not practicing no, you got plenty of time to practice for sure, and you don't have to worry about overlapping your practice with any games because they've all been canceled too. <laughs> right. So I want to get back to gym closing. So uh, I was the last member at my gym when they shut off the lights. <laughs> you were, you were, you were like scratching and holding on to the holding on to the uh, Smith machine as long as you could before they let you kicked you off. I don't use a Smith machine. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I, I said that on purpose. I know yeah. you, that, would, that would wind you up. You're dead to me. So <laughs> me and my other friend were in there working out. We were like a couple of heroin addicts trying to get our last fix before the goddamn gym closed. So I was doing, I did squats, bench, deadlifts, overhead presses, triceps, biceps. You <laughs> worked my hammies and my glutes. Arceps. At 3 o'clock, they decided, you know, they shut the lights off. It was like last call in a bar. <laughs> oh. The very last member in the place to leave. And, uh, you know, the thing about it is, you know, it affects me, of course, because I'm a meathead, and a lot of my friends are meatheads. But the one thing that really troubled me was just before we left, there was an 80-year-old lady in there who worked out every day. She was religiously. And she did it, you know, just to keep her osteoporosis at bay, to strengthen her bones, you know, of course, build up her immunity. And that poor woman was sobbing because Aww. the gym to her was more than just, you know, building muscle and all that stuff. It was her daily thing where she came in and she talked to people and, she could, you know, hang out and, you know, it was, right. it was her time, you know, and there was a, there's a lot of older people that are like that. And, it, you know, this is really uh, put a damper on, on their social time and, their ability to, you know, work out when they want to. And 
I, I have to tell you, I really felt sorry for her. As, as much as I felt sorry for myself, I felt uh, just as sorry for her and some of the other elderly people there. So it's been a real, it's been a real pain in the butt. Yeah. You know, and, and some of us, you know, thankfully, a lot of us have garage gyms, you know, so people are working out at garage gyms. Um, I was fortunate enough to have saved some equipment from my garage gym and I had it in the storage and I was able to build a little gym inside my storage, which, uh, to be quite honest, it worked great. I've actually uh, videoed some of my lifting too and done some handy tips for people with uh, limited equipment, you know. Yeah, I've noticed that but you've been the, doing that. The whole gym closing thing is, you know, to your average person, it doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot because they're usually the person that you have to kick in the ass to get to go to the gym anyway. But there are a lot of people that really rely on it, you know, not just for their physical health, but for their mental well-being, you know. Yeah. No, I totally, if it's a part of your routine and a part of how you kind of, you know, uh, handle your stress and emotions and all those things. And of course, for the throwing community, you know, it's the way you keep uh, from being able to not hurt yourself when you're out there throwing objects through time and space. So you, yeah. it's kind of important, right? It is. It's very important because, you know, uh, the heavy, the heavy events, people, they're athletes, you know, and they need to, they need to be able to be in shape and they need to be able to, to work out, you know, and uh, you know, they need to be able to get stronger, but also build, some muscle around those joints and stuff to protect them from getting injured when they're throwing. Cause you know, that, those throws put a lot of stress on those joints. So, right. But you know, it, it is what it is, I suppose. But like you said, the off season is extended and um, it doesn't look like, I mean, most of the games here in Washington and Oregon have already been canceled through August. So it's going to be a very long summer. Yeah. I believe, I believe all the, the, um, parts of the country where the games are mainly held during the spring and summer. Those are obviously going to be canceled. Um, and then, of course, uh, as you rotate to the, um, the southern states where they tend to have their seasons um, in, uh, when it's not quite so hot, um, those, those have a chance, you know, into the fall potentially to, uh, as long as we don't have a recurrence, so we'll hopefully have some of those kicking up. So yeah. some of us, some of us northerners might have to take some road trips to be able to throw down south. And uh, yeah. and, and then, of course, um, you know, no excuses for not uh, getting your practicing in. So next year when we crank back up in your the northern hemisphere regions, we can get back at it. So, Yep, absolutely. Um, and, you know, so, yeah. Another thing I think we're, we're going to see a resurgence of some backyard games coming back. You know, uh, I've already talked to a few people who are going to start doing some uh, some backyard games, you know, like when, when we held the, yeah. uh, uh, Western continental divide, Northern hemisphere world championships, which actually became very popular. I mean, at one time we had over 35 people throwing, you know, right. we had judges and all that. So if people want to put those together, you know, and get judges, they can put those numbers into, uh, the NASGA website. You know, we did it for a, a few years and I'm actually yeah. thinking that we, uh, we might just have to bring that back sometime in June. Yeah, I agree. I think when, when people start um, feeling comfortable getting back out into groups and um, and things are on the backside of, uh, of the pandemic, then we will have um, 
people doing that. I think it's a great idea, Big Daddy. I'm I'm down for it. I think I think people should absolutely think about doing those and do some ad hoc ones. Like you know, as you know, it it, it costs a li- it it costs a little bit, but it's mainly just some heavy lifting of people who've got implements and and um and trigs and and the and the judges and and but it's it's you know it's it's not obviously as expensive as putting on a game. So you can kind of get a group of people together and have some fun and get the keep the community rolling because um as we've talked about a hundred times on fork talk it's the 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 community and this crazy weird retarded bowling league that is throwing is uh is um kind of all about the relationships right and actually it's mostly about the relationships you know yeah yeah it really is we've got some uh very close lifelong friends you know through the games you know you and i are, are just one set but you know you look at our team you know the drop deads you know we've all been together for 11 years going on 12 years now you know through thick and thin you know and um those are relationships right. that you know and we're all different everyone's different from different walks of life you know um it just so happens that our team is the smartest i mean we got uh we got you, you and, know, the, and the most good looking of course yeah goes goes yeah off. You know, we got a couple of engineers on our team. We got you got you who's like the, the king of the world when it comes to communication. Uh, you got myself who's, uh, you know, a lowly uh, PA. Uh, but I mean, yeah. we're, we come from different walks of life and different backgrounds that we would have never gotten together if it wasn't for this craziness going to the Highland Games. Yeah, no, absolutely. And everywhere around the country, we've got that. We've got the North and South crews that get to know each other really good. Their teams, we've got, you know, everybody's got their 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 peeps that they kind of really are an important part of their their season when they get together and throw and hit the beer garden together. And, you know. Yeah, we, we even have a Japanese guy. We've got a Japanese guy that's our friend because of the Highland Games. How do you figure that, right? And go Kubota. Exactly right. We got a we got a place to throw in Japan if we ever get over there. We got a couple right? of Japanese guys. We got we got a couple of gay guys who are really cool, you know, and they're always fun to hang out with. Um, you know, you talk about different walks of life and, and sectors of life, and there's you know there's no prejudice. I mean, we got all different walks of life, all different uh, colors, creeds, religions, all nine yards, uh, sexual yep. preferences, and everybody gets along. If if the True world that. got along, the Highland Games community got got along. It would be a better place to live. True that. True like, that. Well, that's, that's Amish. There will never be an Amish guy thrown in Highland Games. If I ever see one, I will, I will, I will beat him with his own piece of wooden furniture that he made. <laughs> what, what's wrong with the Amish? Why do you care about that? Never trust a guy who grows a beard without a mustache. I'm just saying. <laughs> Uh, I'm not usually in your camp on that, uh, but I, I have to agree. I would be semi-suspect about the chin beard for sure. So you should. I'll, yeah, I'll uh, let, it, let it be said that uh, Haas doesn't always disagree with uh, Jay's crazy, uh, crazy antics. Um, so, of course, when you're not working out, you, of course, have a little bit of downtime. And, uh, of course we got lots of downtime these days, unfortunately. Um, right. and it's very possible that the nation big daddy have finished Netflix. <laughs> they've, stra- <laughs> they've streamed everything that possibly can be streamed. Yeah. And, uh, and, but you and I are luckily here for them oh, to yeah. talk about 
binge-worthy shows that they should be thinking oh, about. Oh, yes, we are. If, they are. if they're not on them already. Right? If if you have, and I'm going to start out with the best one ever. Okay? Okay, talk to me. If you have watched, if you have not watched Yellowstone with Kevin Costner, go into your bathroom, take your toothbrush, and stick it up your urethra. Because... <laughs> That show is amazing. I've heard it's amazing. I have not started it yet. So so that means I already am learning something because I've got something to finally binge. Yeah, and you can go to your bathroom and get your toothbrush and shove it up your urethra like I just told you to because you haven't watched it yet. So well, I'll tell yeah. you what, if you watch one episode tonight, you, I'll, I'll exempt you. I'll be okay. As long as I watch okay. one, I'll be okay. Okay, good. Watch one what, well, so uh, let's see. Another one uh, that I think is a must-watch is Ozark. Oh, Have you heard yes. of that one? Oh, I'm, uh, we got sucked into that, and we we watched every episode. Um, we watched the first two seasons like in a week. Yes, and they're they're on season three, and uh, yep. it's amazing. Yeah, that show is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my, other, my other pick would be um, there's another one that people may not have heard of. It's called Tin Star. And, okay. uh, it's T I N S T A R. It's Tin Star. And it's yep. about a cop um, who's from England that works in a small community up in Canada. And uh, it just, the first episode, you know, you're kind of trying to get a feel for it. But as it progresses, into the show it's it's really a fun show to watch as well i've watched uh, every season of that already too so uh tin star that's the name of that one nice nice um here's another one that's a amazing if you haven't found it yet out there nation um it's a period piece it's called peaky blinders oh no you know i've heard of that actually uh, felicia was telling me about that one that we should start watching that so that'll be oh my gosh big daddy it is amazing it's set in the period between the first world war and the second world war in the midlands of england and it's this this family where the brothers had been at war they're a little shell-shocked they're back in the midlands they're it's in a pretty kind of depressed area and they're, they've got a lot of gypsy kind of background to them. And they essentially create the first organized mob. Mm. And and from that, they just start kind of, it goes in all kinds of amazing, crazy ways. And it's got it's got Churchill involved at some point and the people from London and and it's just it's got it's got the US gangsters showing up at some point, but the whole it's just amazing. So I would highly recommend Peaky Blinders. That sounds good. Yeah, you're not the first one to tell me about that. That'll probably be the next one. Um my my other pick is um Goliath. Ah, yes, with uh Billy Bob. Billy Bob. I've never been a huge Billy Bob Thornton fan, except for his role in Tombstone, which we'll get to later. But um Billy Bob Thornton uh, kills this fucking uh, character. It is an amazing show to watch. The first season was uh, it sucked me right in, and uh, been watching every season, every every uh, every other season too. It's a great, great show. Uh, he does a great job. Uh, totally. Great. Yeah. 
that whole cast is amazing. The first season, like you said, I was sucked in immediately. Um, and then the second one, it was pretty good. I haven't gotten into the third one yet, but I noticed that there's a new one either coming out or is just out. So I need to get into that. Right. Yeah. It's, um, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I have really enjoyed it. So for those that are more science fiction-y inclined, I will give you uh, one that I think is amazing if you haven't caught it yet, uh, Fork Tech Nation, and that's Altered Carbon. Altered Carbon. Altered Carbon, yep. And it's a it's kind of a sci-fi-based thing, uh, futuristic, almost kind of Blade Runner-like. And essentially, they've gotten to a point where your brain and consciousness can basically be installed on a disk and they can generate bodies, um, which they call sleeves. And if you have money, you can basically have a genetic version of yourself all fit and cool and awesome. And as you age, when occasionally if you want a new body, you just they just download your consciousness into the next sleeve and you continue on. But it's kind of who has the money gets the, you know, the unlimited sleeves. All of the people who don't have money have to deal with it. But it's created all kinds of weird perversions and, and people who just, you know, don't value life anymore because they basically always live and can kill someone but they're they're not really dead because only the sleeve died it's just it's just a whacked out thing but it's got a really cool storyline following this guy through this um kind of a, a mystery like a spy mystery cop cops and robbers kind of thing which is kind of cool well it sounds good but i gotta tell you i'm a little apprehensive uh you know due to your favorite movie your favorite movie is pitch perfect your second favorite movie is Pitch Perfect 2. So I have to tell you, uh, listeners, be a little bit skeptical of some of these picks. I agree with them on all of them, except for I didn't know, I don't know the last one. But, uh, you know, just be a little cautious. Like I said, his favorite movie is fucking Pitch Perfect. Maybe 2. I think 2 is your favorite. You like that better, right? I think Pitch Perfect 2 might have been my fav- my more favorite. Then Pitch Perfect 1. And then Pitch Perfect 3 is on the last of that. Yeah. Um, but yes, and uh, there's plenty of Fork Talk Nation who understand why that is an amazing movie. Yeah, especially if they're 14-year-old girls. <laughs> uh, all right, give me another one. You got another one for me? Hang on a second. Felicia, what are we binging right now? Fargo. Yes. Fargo. Oh, yes, of course. Which one? The one with uh, Ewan McGregor or the latest yeah. one? Yeah, we're on season three, uh, but start off with season one. And, I mean, if you saw season three versus season one or two, it wouldn't matter because they don't really intermix. They're just – but they're true stories, and it's all true. So that's the cool thing about it. And it takes right, place based in on, northern Minnesota and all that stuff. Right, yeah, based on true stories. The Ewan McGregor one's amazing because he plays two different characters, the twin brothers, and it's um, it's amazing how well he does that. And you wouldn't even know that he played the twin brothers if you didn't know that, if you didn't look it up, right? Because the, the makeup on both of them was amazing. So Right. Well, and he's Scottish, and he's playing these kind of northern Minnesota-accented guys, and, you know, he's an amazing actor. Totally agree. Yeah. All those guys that are, you know, I mean, as, as an English, as a, as a, uh, an American, I can I can mimic a, uh, an English accent, you know, hip hip cheerio and all that sort of what. But how do you go from 
how do you go from from that to talking like me? You know, that's got to right? be something. Well, that's so. true. Any anybody trying to pretend they're you is just folly. I think you're a oh, yeah, the mold was created, messed up, formed, and then broken. When it comes to you, my big heterosexual life partner. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Let me do that one more time. Let's see. Pip, pip, cheerio, and all that sort of rut. How about that? You like that? Not too bad, huh? That's very good. I, 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 it's like I was on a conference call with my English colleagues. It's amazing. Oh, very good. Thanks. All right, I'm going to give you another one. Um, this one is a, like a remake, but they redid a whole series, Lost in Space, you know, with Will Robinson, Danger Will Robinson. But oh, it was yeah, like a, a modern name. take on it. That's the name of my sheep. Super good. Super good. My sheep fucking Will Robinson. Right. You're, you're, you're one of your sheep forks is named Will Robinson. Yeah. That's right. He got lost. He got lost. He got lost in transit. He was being sent to me, and they sent him my old address, and I had to go dig him out of some douchebag's pickup truck to get him back. But I got him. Right. And he still works. Well, I'm I'm quite certain. I'm quite certain, Big Daddy, that when we uh, publish this, um, we'll get the the Fork Talk Nation thinking uh, talking about what their favorite uh, binge worthy shows are, and that'll get people on Facebook and other mediums thinking about things and trying something they hadn't tried yet. So, because I think we still got. Another month here of uh, disruption before things start to, to get a little better. So I hope that was helpful. But, uh, I mean, there's so much good content out there. It's awesome. And, you know, for me, I mean, you know me pretty well. I'm not the kind of guy to sit down and watch TV for a long period of time. I'm usually, you know, I, I want to be doing something or going somewhere or something like that. And, uh, you know, due to this right. uh, the stuff going on, you know, um, that's one of the things that I, I found to do. And, you know, Felicia... Uh, is the one that actually turned me on to these shows. And uh, I'll tell you what, I got sucked in. You know, I can, I can see how people get sucked into these shows because they are really good. The storylines are amazing. And every once, every once in a while you'll watch it and you're sitting there and all of a sudden your whole face just goes, what the fuck just happened? You know, because um, just the way they do things. And they, I think they make them like that on purpose. But um, if I'm sitting there watching me for a, a lengthy period of time, uh, it's obviously got to be a good watch. So, yeah. So if anybody else has any good ones, you know, you know, let us know. You know, put them in the comments, whatever, um, and we'll be happy to uh, to review them. As it true were. that, true yes. that. All right, Big Daddy. Well, listen, we're uh, we're again we're easing into this. We got more episodes to come. Uh, I think that was a good start to our pop culture. And, of course, we'll catch up with the nation on the next one, on the, the latest and greatest. But I think we should pop uh, over to our our next segment. What do you think? Yeah, I'm good with that. Let's, what was that? Historical figure. Yes. Our next topic is historical figure. And with well, before, historical figure, we always say the same thing, right? We on, do. On three. One. Two, three, suck it. Suck it, Figgy. And of course, for those of you who don't know, uh, we, we do that in honor of Sir Isaac Newton, who invented <laughs> gravity. Apparently. Yeah, you have to spit when you say his name, but we call him Figgy because uh, we think he's a piece of shit because we don't like gravity. And why is that, Brett? 
Well, because we like to throw for PRs and gravity takes uh, away from us. If it wasn't for that stupid gravity thing, fuck, we'd all be world record holders. Exactly. So we invoke the name who shall not be named. Suck it, Figgy, for our historical figure, Segmento. Yes. Stick it up your ass, Figgy. Yeah. And, you know, it's important that we're doing this, you know, because in our absence, Big Daddy, you know, there were people who, I don't know, maybe tried doing podcasts. They might have tried (laughs) getting things to work the way this was. Oh, brother. You know, the vacuum that we left in leaving the scene for three years, well, you know, what do they say? Uh, Um. The, f- the greatest form of flattery is imitation imitation. So, um, you know, it was hard to come up with as many amazing ideas as we of course had and historical so when, figure is back. I don't know. What are you going to say? When you're talking about imitation, I mean, at least try, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's like doing a, a John Wayne impression and saying, Hey, how are you doing? Pilgrim? You know, we put some fucking soul into it. You know, I do it. You know, actually try to like John Wayne. If you're going to imitate us, at least try to imitate us correctly. Try to be funny. Try to have a guy who's kind of a straight guy. And then another guy who's kind of a funny guy and have some wacky bits, you know, have some (laughs) appearances, that kind of stuff. Don't care. You know, you and a couple of buddies just talking shit about everybody else. I mean, that doesn't fly. (laughs) <laughs> true that that's not a podcast that's howard stern okay and even <laughs> howard stern at least had some you know some credible guests so anyway I, I could go off on that all day long so so to you guys who who want to do a podcast and you want to do a better highland games podcast than us i say bring it on give <laughs> give it give it your best shot right well hey give if it it's good i'll listen if, if it's good, I'll listen to it as well. There's plenty of room in the uh, old pool. Just don't come near me because I might pee in my end of the pool. Just saying. That's right. I might take a <laughs> poop in mine. <laughs> All right, let's get on to historical figure. Right, Our historical sure. figure for this segment in the 38th episode of Fork Talk is the one, one and only, the one and only, I can't believe we haven't had this one yet, Wyatt Barry Stapp Erp. Wait a minute. His middle name was Barry Stapp? His full name, I kid you not, is Wyatt Barry Stapp Erp. Wyatt Erp has the middle name Barry Stapp. Can we just keep his name Wyatt Erp? Because now I'm not that impressed with him. Well, maybe it'll, maybe we'll learn something about his character because of that. He was born in uh, March of 1848 uh, and was an Old West lawman and gambler in the Cochise County, Arizona Territory. And, of course, famously the deputy marshal in Tombstone. He worked a, a, a wide variety of trades throughout his life and took part in the famous uh, gunfight, of course, Big Daddy at OK Corral. Um, which killed, yep. which killed some cowboys, which we can get into. Um, it's kind of he's often erroneously regarded as the central figure in that shootout. Although his brother Virgil was the actual Tombstone City Deputy U.S. Marshal that day and had you know way more experience as a as kind of a combat sheriff and constable. Um, 
He had a lot of interests, though, Big Daddy. You know, the movies we've seen about him, which you and I love, um, show some of that. But, I mean, he was a professional gambler. He was a teamster. He was a buffalo hunter. He was a huge entrepreneur. He basically owned saloons and brothels and silver and gold mines. And he refereed a famous boxing match that got him into all kinds of trouble. Yeah, that was uh, a Jack Dempsey fight, I believe. Yeah, he, he spent his early life in Iowa. So he's a Midwest boy to begin with, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, that's kind of near and dear to you or my heart. Um, well, was, uh, being the owner of a brothel, that's kind of near and dear to my heart, too. That was- <laughs> in 1870, he was he had his first marriage, and she died of typhoid fever uh, at in childbirth, right. which is right. sad. Oh, and I think that that must have that must have rattled him a bit, Big Daddy, because then in the next two years, he was arrested for stealing a horse. He escaped from jail. He was sued twice. He was in basic and they basically like knew he was a troublemaker, essentially, after that. So it was a kind of an interesting after that happened to him. He, he was definitely not on the on the good side of the law. Well, nobody, nobody that makes a good uh, lawman actually. You know, a good lawman's probably a, a, a better guy to have would be someone with experience breaking the law, right? Well, that's true. That's true. He knows yeah. what to look for. He knows, you know, you, you know, in these streetwise too, so you can't really mess with him, right? Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. I think that's a that's a clue to, to his success as well. Yeah. Um, so about four years later, by 1874, he had arrived at the boom town of Wichita, Kansas, where he supposedly his second wife opened a brothel. Hmm. And in, um, in, 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 in 1875, he was appointed to the Wichita police force, uh, and he developed a solid reputation as a lawman. However, he was fined and dismissed from that position after getting into a fist fight with a political opponent of his boss. Now that was interesting to me because it's okay. So he, He's a lawman, and he's got a good reputation for it, but he gets kicked out of being a lawman after he gets in a fist fight with a political opponent of his boss. So he's loyal to the boss. He's not afraid to get fisticuffs, right, which is interesting. Yeah, but then, you know, that's that's how politics plays into this, right? So, you know, he's just doing his job as a lawman. He's standing up for himself. And, of course, just because some political opponent of his bosses, you know, he, he knocks the fuck out, uh, he gets dismissed, right? Right. So... Yeah, interesting. And then, so he immediately left Wichita, and he followed his brother James. Now, interesting, James is another brother, not Virgil or um, or his other brother, right? So it's a it's a fourth brother of the of the Earp guys. Yeah. Uh, and he followed James to Dodge City in, Morgan. in Kansas. Morgan, Morgan right? Yeah. Yeah, so famously in the movie, because of the OK Corral and all that stuff in Tombstone, it was Morgan, Virgil, and Wyatt. But there's a brother James that he followed to Dodge City in Kansas, where they where he became an assistant city marshal. So he kind of got back into the into the the law enforcement business again. Yeah, and that's the when winter, the winter started rolling in. Right. Yeah, and then and then and then and then this is when there's a huge turn in his life. In the winter of 1878, he goes to Texas to track down an outlaw, and he meets John Doc Holliday, whom he credits Doc with Holliday. saving his life. Right, the famous Doc yeah. Holliday. And I'm sorry, but for my money, 
Uh, Val Kilmer's version of Doc Holliday is the best version. If that is any, I don't care if Doc Holliday was like that or not. If Doc Holliday saw that presentation of himself done by him, he would say, I wish I was like that guy. Well, Doc Holliday actually would probably arise from his grave and say to Val Kilmer, you're Doc Holliday. I'm not anymore. You know, Right. You were such a good Doc Holiday. Amazing. I'm giving up my name. You are the new Doc Holiday. Yep, you're right. But then, That's of course, Homer the uh, well, just becomes kind of a douchebag after that movie. You know, he didn't really right? play any That's really right. good role. He just, you know, became kind of a douche. He did struggle as a person in his personal life. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, so, er, so Wyatt moves then constantly throughout his life with, from one boom town to another. He left Dodge city in 79 and moved with his brother, James and Virgil, the tombstone where a silver boom was underway. As we know from the movie, uh, they, the Earps clashed with that informal group of outlaws known as the cowboys, which the movie of course is famous about talking about. Um, and Wyatt Virgil and his younger brother Morgan held various law enforcement positions, which put them in conflict with guys who were definitely not on that side of the law. So Tom McClary, uh, Frank McClary, Ike Clanton, and Bill Clanton, who threatened these guys on several occasions uh, as far as killing them and, and all that. Um, the conflict, of course, in a movie, you know, it makes it seem like it's like, you know, really quick, but of course, big daddy, it's like the conflict escalated in real time over like a year period, right. Culminating in this big shootout at the OK Corral in October of 1881. And I'd like to give another shout out Do it. whoever played, I don't remember his name, but whoever, because nobody will remember his name, but whoever played Ike Clanton should get the award for being just a pussy. I mean, he, that guy played such a douchebag. I mean, you, I wanted to reach into the TV and punch his face off. That guy was perfect. Which is good. Which is good acting. Cause he made you hate that guy so bad. Oh well, yeah. I want yeah, to kill him for sure. Um, so the Earps and doc holiday, they killed three cowboys. And then during the next five months, um, you know, Virgil got ambushed and maimed. Morgan was assassinated. Um, and, um, Wyatt and Warren and Doc Holliday, they formed a federal posse, which again, is shown in the movie where they go out and kill the, kill the Cowboys. Um, and hell is coming with me. Right. Hell's coming with me. Wyatt was never wounded in any of these gunfights, unlike his brother Virgil and Morgan or Doc Holliday for that matter. So, um, so it only just kind of added to the mystique after his death that he was kind of this superhero, you know, um, lawman, right? Because of never getting, never getting shot. Well, you know, getting um, shot back then was actually lucky because most of their firearms were not that accurate. And most of the right. time when you'd get two guys in a room or two guys in the street shooting at each other, they're nervous. They're not, you know, they're not like, you know, shooting at tin cans. They're shooting at another human being and they could be within 10 or 15 feet and still miss each other. Right. You know, that, that was a big thing back in those days. Yep. Very true. Very true. Um, now, so 
he was a lifelong gambler and he was always looking for a quick way to make money. Um, that, you know, there's some parts of Wyatt Earp's real life that I, you know, I read up on Big Daddy that, of course, it's not quite as glamorous as, as the character that they, that they have, uh, uh, Kurt Russell playing in that, you know, he, he, he was a, he was a complex guy. He was ornery. He was, um, you know, obviously a lawman, but he also had a penchant for uh, prostitutes and gambling. And, you know, so he, he, he wasn't a one dimensional person by any stretch of the imagination. Um, yeah, but back and, in, the, in those days, prostitution wasn't demonized the way it is these days. It was more of a necessity. You know, you, you got a bunch of bunch of guys out, you know, mining or whatever they're doing out there, you know, shooting each other up. Uh, they need to, you know, to have a a little time with some women. So, <laughs> well, you may be right. I don't know about that. You know, the movie, the end of the movie, they, um, they kind of say, you know, he and Josephine go off into the thing and they kind of mention it, but you know, so after leaving tombstone, he goes to San Francisco where he reunites with Josephine Marcus and, uh, and she becomes his common law, common law wife. Um, and then, and then there's a whole stream of things that I think are really fascinating that of course people never really talk about because the, the movie only really focuses usually on the whole okay corral stuff, but you know, he joined the gold rush in Eagle city, Idaho, where he, where he owned mining interests and a saloon. Again, he starts up another saloon. Um, he then left to do race horses and, and he opened a saloon again during a real estate boom in San, in San Diego, California. Wow. And then he moves back to San Francisco and he races horses again. Um, but that's when his, his reputation gets a, a bit of a black eye because he referees this Fitzsimmons and Sharky boxing match. And he calls a foul, oh, yeah. which we believe he, it was a fixed fight. So he kind of gets this weird black eye for being a part of the fix as the referee, like the celebrity referee, which is kind of odd. Um, he moved, he moves briefly back to Arizona for a little bit to Yuma before joining the Alaska gnome gold rush in 1899. Um, he's, he's involved in basically again, new saloons and liquor licenses and, you know, all kinds of stuff. Um, he, they leave Alaska and he opens another saloon in Nevada uh, which is the site of a new gold find. So he's just bouncing around from kind of, you know, gold, uh, gold rush to gold rush, setting up saloon, no, doing what he knows how to do, setting up brothels, saloons, yeah. right, and and serving serving that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Stick with your strong point. And then, and then around, uh, and then around 1911, he begins working several mining claims in California, and he he starts retiring then at this point. Uh, uh, in the hot summers in Los Angeles. And it's when he's there in Los Angeles, he starts to make friends with some of the early Western actors in Hollywood. And it's there that he gets his story, tries to get his story told. Um, and it was portrayed only once in his lifetime in a, in a movie in 1923 called Wild Bill Hickok. Um, I actually read something, Big Daddy, that uh, John Wayne, real early, young in his career, actually spent some time with Wider. Yeah, that's actually true. I was watching an interview uh, with John Wayne where he had mentioned that because John Ford, the producer, who was a producer of some of these really old Westerns, 
actually um, used Wyatt Earp as a, uh, what do they call that, um, consultant, you know, on the film. So, yeah. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. So he dies, um, you know, fairly long life for that time uh, in uh, January of 1929. Um, you know, he's obviously known as a Western lawman, gunfighter, boxing referee, you know, yeah. obviously a fairly notorious reputation um, in some ways. Um, a pimp. And, you know, I'm sorry, what, Big Daddy? A pimp. Yeah, exactly. Pimp. And then, of course, he, you know, he his 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 kind of myth then as after he after he passes starts to evolve right from you know a complex guy to frontier marshal you know up and up you know fearless lawman who um you know who's the the, the good guy and and all that where where probably reality is he wasn't the good guy he wasn't the bad guy he was kind of in between right well, exactly. Um, I mean, anytime you meet one of your heroes, most of the times you're kind of like, really? You know, right? that was my hero. And then, you know, they don't sign an autograph or they, they you know, kick you in the balls, whatever. Now, as far as Wyatt fitting into the throwing uh, Highland Games community. Well, and really, now, that's, that's, our, that's, that's our main function for our historical figure. As some of you people who maybe new, new listeners don't know that, that we do historical figure to determine how that person would, um, you know, participate and, uh, and do when they're in a, a Highland Games uh, event. Right. Literally the heavy events. And so what's your, what's, your, what's your take on him? My take on him. Well, first of all, we know he can't be a judge because obviously he can't be trusted after that sharky bite. <laughs> True that. He can't be a judge for sure. He would definitely not be looking at the feet. He'd be looking at some woman in the crowd. Yeah. Guaranteed. Picking her off to be in his next brothel for crying out loud. So he's, so he's basically Dom. Yeah. So he... <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding, Dom. Love you. <laughs> he's... I'm not kidding. That is Dom. Uh, just getting dumb. Not really. Anyway, but, uh, I think, you know, I think he would probably be probably a middle of the pack guy, you know, because I mean, obviously he has a lot of different, uh, he's very adept at different things. He's almost like a chameleon. He can be a gunman. He can be a, a, a brothel owner. He can, he can do race horses. He can do all that stuff. Um, so he might be good. He might be like middle of the pack in all the events. Okay. But not really good at one. Okay. Right. Yeah, I, I, f I think I, I would go with that for sure. I, I did look up. The, the, there's one reference to how big of a guy he was. I don't think he was a huge build, but they did reference him at, in one thing I saw as six foot. Now, because we know that every person on the planet always over-exaggerates their actual height, and if he ever was six foot, I guarantee it was six foot in a two-inch uh, cowboy boot heel. So my guess right. is he was kind of 5'10"-ish in that range. And he would have been, you know, wild. He would have been Wild West wily and, uh, you know, sinewy. And I, I would guess, you know, decent kind of organic strength um but i think you know not enough that would have been it, i think thrown him up to the higher ranks i think you're right 
Um, okay. I think he'd probably be quite jovial with the crew sitting there waiting for your turn to throw. I think he'd probably be a good chat while you're hanging out in the field shagging weights uh, in between throws, I feel like. Yeah, um, I think, you know, and I think his best event would have been you know, our favorite, which is the beer garden. Well, that's where I think he would have shined, but I think he also could have been one of those very – he seems to have got at least a capability to have a bit of a temper. So I have a feeling that he'd be great to have in the beer garden, but he could, if he got a little too drunk, kind of the switch might flip and he might pick a fight with someone just because. Hmm. And before you know it, it's chaos and everybody says we're leaving. That's, well, I could be wrong. Neither one of us know anybody, know anybody like that. No, no, no. Yeah. I, in fact, I feel like Wyatt could definitely be a guy hanging with Miles Wetzel um, comparing their random accidental throat punches that they landed. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you're absolutely spot on there. So, uh, well, Wyatt, we'll give him a thumbs up. Thumbs up for, for throwing, for sure, for sure. Yep. He's one of them. Yeah. Now, Big Daddy, I hate to say it, but we uh, we've done good. We've we're just under uh, an hour into our first show. We haven't pulled a hammy. Of course, we're back into the swing of things. Um, but I gotta say, that's the show. Oh, thanks for listening. That's the show. Thanks for listening. Thanks again to all of our sponsors, Mattress Ranch, www.mattressranch.com. That's one word, and of course, American Badass Blacksmithing. That's three words. <laughs> Thanks for all the likes and listens. The Fork Talk podcast comes out whenever we damn well please, which, as you can imagine, could be three years from now. Who knows? Questions or comments, yeah. email us at info at fork-talk.com. Um, and, of course, the new website's up or Facebook. You can get us at Fork Talk with Big Daddy and Haas. Until next time. May the fork be with you. You are the sheaf, as always, to my fork, Big Daddy. I slant you more great health, the Scottish goodbye. And it's been a long time, but Captain Quint, take it away. Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu to you ladies of Spain. For we've received orders for to sail back to Boston. And so never more shall we see you again. Thanks for listening to Fork Talk with your she-fork-wielding lovable host, Big Daddy and Haas. Check out www.fork-talk.com for more episodes. We throw heavy stuff for fun, people. Caber up. <laughs>